Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Screen Heroes. My name is Ray. I am one of your three regular hosts, and I'm joined by the other two, believe it or not. Ryan? Hi. Hi. I Derek. believe it. Hi. <laughs> How are it's, you guys doing? It's crazy. It's just it's so crazy being here together. It's insane. It's almost like we do this every week. We've done this almost 150 times. Almost. 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 All right. So tonight we'll be talking The Punisher Season 2 or... So far, we've reviewed almost every season of the Netflix shows, with the exception of the Jessica Jones ones. And, uh, yeah, we didn't want to fall behind on this one. So, we sure. binged 11.5 hours of content, apparently. 0.56. All right, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we had more than a week to do it this time. Yeah, I exactly. Mean, I know you guys were binging some other shows in there, but I had a little yep. bit more time than you did. So. You did, yeah. We're trying to give ourselves a bit more time and give our viewers a bit more time. You know, everybody has spoilers the very next day, and we want to avoid that. We want to review it at a normal time. So, we're going to talk about that. Of course, as always, we're talking news first. So, box office numbers, Glass took the weekend again, Aquaman in third, and The Upside in second. So, you know... um, Not an exciting weekend, really. No, no, it's not... Uh, but speaking of Aquaman, it's Crossed now... the uh, billion dollar mark, I think, yeah, right? And it's, uh, it's up there. It's officially the highest grossing DC movie, right? Not just DCEU. DC, right. of yeah, all time. Past Dark Knight Rises and Dark Knight and all the, yeah, all the Christian Bale Batman movies and yeah. everything. Dark Knight Rises was number one because... Surprisingly. Well, it got the sequel effect, right? right? The Dark yeah. Knight was amazing, just like, you know, Spider-Man 3. Spider-Man 2 was amazing. Everyone goes to see the next one, right? So that's exactly. how it goes. But congrats to Aquaman. We all thoroughly enjoyed the movie. We nitpicked it a while ago, so you can listen to that They did episode. not get nominated for the Anything. visual effects Oscar, which, which is kind of surprising. Sucks. We talked about that a little bit last yeah. week, too. So, But hey, Christopher Robin did, so, you know. <laughs> um, on the Aquaman, a good segue, I guess, Black Panther is going to be released in select AMC theaters. For in celebration of Black History Month, it is free showing, so you can go reserve your seat online, and that that'll get you in. That's it's pretty it. cool. And they're yeah. donating, I think, like one point five million dollars to some some charity. Uh, charity, yeah. that's fantastic. It's, it's a really nice thing they're doing. So I love that. I'd like to see some other theaters get on board with that. Yeah, would be nice. Unfortunately, no other theaters really have the. Uh, the reach of AMC, I suppose. So. Well, even if what they did was release a few movies into theaters, even if, like, Alamo or um, B&B released one movie in theaters a month where all the proceeds go to 
a, a charity, I'd probably go see that movie if I backed the charity, you know. Yeah, right? I, I think so. I spend money. That is fair. All right, so next up, um, let's talk Birds of Prey. Sure. Sure. We got some stuff. Yeah, that... Um, Things happened. Everybody's calling it a teaser, and Ryan and I are getting so frustrated by it, because it's not a not teaser. Close. It's a screen test. Guys, they just started shooting on January 14th. Like, yeah, they're not going to have a teaser by now. They released the screen test because they knew that on every movie, there's people around the set shooting photos, yeah. and there's already photos of the set that, that released today of Harley. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it's that's all it was. It gave nothing to the plot. You got literally nothing except some some, some, shots of some good and some bad costumes. And, you know. and the costumes, like screen tests, are not the final dress rehearsal, no. guys. Like, it's these costumes are going to be changed up. I bet you anything that's a party outfit for Harley and not, like, her official costume. Like, Look, I just wanted to invite you guys to my support group. Because Star Trek Discovery went through this at San Diego Comic-Con when they showed the flight test footage of the ship and everybody lost their damn minds. Well, I think the difference here is that I don't, I haven't seen a ton of negative on this. Most of the stuff I've seen has been pretty positive. Yeah, it's just people don't, we talked about this before where we've started just, we have so much more knowledge these days of the production process than we did 10 or 20, 30 years ago. So the idea of seeing screen tests ahead of a release rather than in the special features is is relatively new, right? So they're pe- just excited and they didn't want crap like what happened with Titans to in Shazam. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thing is, people see behind the scenes photos and they immediately get really upset. Um, I just I want people to calm their expectations. Like these aren't these aren't even their final forms. Like. <laughs> Bring it down a notch. Yeah, I mean, they kind of, even <laughs> just when you see, like, Huntress, you see two different, there's two different costumes there, obviously. Yeah. You see, like, the one with, like, a trench coat, where you only see, like, the waist to the knees, and then another one where she's wearing no trench coat, and it's got, like, the bare midriff and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, you already got two costumes for her. Harley, we see in the whatever, the party costume, or whatever you might think it is, and then there's another costume that we saw on the set today that is completely ridiculous looking and not at all like the comic books right black canary you get barely anything like her hair you get her hair and they made her blonde there was like a silhouette too where you could kind of see something and she's holding a microphone so they're going with the singer background um which i'm okay with too yeah which was i thought that was great yeah. yeah um not everybody needs to be a skilled martial artist that can take down ninjas. I like, mean, I think she still could be. Like, it's... Yeah, well, I think that it's just... Uh, I think, isn't it Dinah? Part, yeah, my favorite part about the... Dinah is the origin story where she started out as the performer and learned fighting as she got more into her vigilanteism. Instead of, you know, she learned the fighting and just so happened to develop superpowers. Yeah. So, well, it's Dinah I, Drake, right? That's the singer background. Yeah. That was yeah. not uh, the OG Black Canary. Right. So I don't know. I'm not as familiar with Dinah Drake, so I don't know if she was a martial artist ahead of time. I assume that's what, you know. He may be about. eventually. I don't know. I do like the, you know, Black Canary from the comics. That was yeah. like, as good as Batman, <laughs> pretty much, in terms of martial artist ability. So, you know, I'm kind of hoping they go somewhere out with that. But Oh, yeah. I hope she has some fighting skills. I just like that. You know, not everybody has to be this elite task force. Like, we can have other True. angles. 
Black Mask doesn't wear his mask, so that's fun. Oh, no! Victor Zaz doesn't have any uh, scars anywhere. He's just a dude that looks like he came from an Eddie Bauer outlet. (laughs) That's a great way to put that. I mean... Yeah, I, I don't know. Man, I don't even know what to say about that. At Gotham on Gotham, uh, the TV show, Victor Zaz is probably my favorite character on there. Oh, he's really? he's so like the, the actor <laughs> is perfect and he's yeah. hilarious. It's hilariously written. Uh, so the, going from that to this was like, where what is where? happening? <laughs> so it was so quick. Yeah. yeah, you know, like the fact that like in in order to see anything, you basically screenshot. Have to, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, and it was all shadowed. Yeah, like, they did that for a reason too, guys. <laughs> like, it, calling it a teaser in even in itself is very generous. Yeah, yeah. right. Um, you know, the sizzle reel we got of the Justice League movie at San Diego Comic Con was more of a teaser than this. Is. And I sure. bet you anything will get a trailer or a teaser more behind the scenes at SDCC this year. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, yeah. that'll be so much closer. Because they'll be done filming by then. Filming yeah. for most movies take, like, three months. Maybe they'll be at reshoots by then. I'm not as... I am weird. feel weird about this movie. Like, I, I love Black Canary. What, probably my favorite female comic book character. Uh, and Huntress is cool. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not as familiar. But uh, I just feel like the whole thing is going to be... They're going to be second fiddle to Harley. And just like Suicide Squad, you had the yeah. two characters that were everything and then these other more interesting characters were barely touched and i'm worried that that's what's going to happen with this too well a team of three is much easier to balance at least sure Um, but then when your villain you know is is black mask played by uh yeah obi-wan kenobi Kenobi. (laughs) you know it's just gonna be i'm apprehensive of these these uh, other dc projects i'm gonna call them birds of prey joker because they don't seem to necessarily fall in line with what the other movies are doing. But at least this one's DCEU, technically, right? Okay, so that so the DCEU isn't a thing anymore, it's right? It's the world it's, of DC. It's the worlds of DC, and that includes the Joker movie, but the Joker movie's in a different timeline. Oh my god, I hate this. Can right? we move but on? But that, that's my problem, though, right? Like, So like, it's, it's just very convoluted, and I keep seeing all these articles about how, like, you know... DC learned not to copy Marvel and other studios should listen. And like, at what point did Marvel do any of this convoluted nonsense to begin with? (laughs) Like, you know, I don't think DC, the closest DC has been to copying Marvel was Aquaman. Yeah. Right. Which also is their most successful movie financially. So I don't think these people are really doing their homework. Um, So I'm a little just apprehensive because these seem like, the Joker movie and Birds of well, Prey seem like afterthoughts. Birds of Prey like has this 30-second screen test, and there's clickbait articles like, 20 reasons why Birds of Prey will be the best DC movie ever. <laughs> like, and man, seven, why it won't. Go zip your dick up in your pants. Like, I, this I is promise ridiculous. None of those articles will ever be on this website. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Well, then it takes 20 seconds just to say the title of the movie, yeah. which... That's well, not official I, I actually think like she just wrote that on there. I don't think the emancipation of the fantabulous Harley Quinn is the rest of it. I mean, everybody's I running you, it like it's a real the, title. I bet you that'll be the title on the unrated Blu-ray that releases, but the, That's the, funny. the theater like version that. will be Birds of Prey. <laughs> Thank God. I, if they do that long title. Uh, well, anyway. then, you know, they'll have a separate semicolon, I write sins, not tragedies, oh, and yeah. then, you know, That's true. part two. Just keep going. Electric Part two, section two, yeah. <laughs> um, so uh, another movie though that is getting a sequel this year 
It's Zombieland Double Tap. We know the title, and yeah. we've got a cool poster. I didn't we know did. that title. Somehow I missed that. But so they did the, the poster. They did I saw the, the poster, but I guess I didn't challenge. notice that. Oh. They did the 10-year challenge. They recreated the poster, and the only great. one that looks different is Abigail Breslin. <laughs> yeah, because she looks like an adult now. Yeah. I thought when I first saw it, I thought it was a joke, because I thought it was just the same poster twice, because <laughs> I, I assumed it wasn't real. I didn't think it was actually coming from them. Right. Right, and it ended up being from Sony. But... So I guess the movie... It, is a real-time sequel? Like, yes. Yes. Is that many years later? Yeah, it's a real-time, ten years I later. I will survive for a decade. In I guess we'll find out. There's supposed real. to be all new, different types of zombie creatures. All new rules. We're, we're going to see. Seems like the, that's this is the year of those, like, real-time sequels. I mean, Glass yeah. just did the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's... That's true. I mean, yeah. this really is the tenth anniversary, thing. Uh, you know, of, of Zombieland, and I think that, you know... I, they've admitted it was very much on purpose, and I think that, that probably around you know seven or eight years after the original, they're like, well, we'll just shoot for ten. <laughs> well, we had that Amazon show. Amazon picked it up and tried to have a show, but everybody wanted the original cast, and there's no way all four of them are going to come back and do for a TV show. For a TV show, yeah, yeah, together they've got too much going on. A scheduling would be difficult for all of them, you know. None of them, I think, are above doing a TV show because I think Woody Harrelson. Um, he did the first season Cheers. of, well, <laughs> that, that, that little, I, mean, yeah. true, <laughs> that I was talking about true detective. Oh, so that okay. was slightly more recent. <laughs> right. And then Abigail Reslin was on screen queen. So I don't think, and you know, Emma Stone just did maniac. So I don't think any of them would have a problem doing a TV show, but getting the four of them back together for scheduling would probably be really I don't really think it would difficult. fit in Amazon's budget, yeah. probably. No, probably not. And yeah. that's the thing, like, to your point, right? Like, we just, we wanted to see these characters. It yeah. wasn't the world wasn't what recast. we fell in love with. It was the characters that we fell in love with. Right. Well, you know? that, so I did a playwriting class when I was in college, and it said that any cast that has five, uh, three to five characters can easily be adapted to a movie or a play from one medium to the other and i actually think that because of the nature of zombie land they could have a stage play with it and it would just be pretty fantastic so like people the musical exactly like it doesn't have to be zombie land the musical it could just be a, a play but that would be fun you though. know a small cast you can make it tight and interesting and you don't even have to have a lot of extras now there's there's a lot of rumors about possible cameos. We do have one confirmed new cast member, and she was called a cast member. Rosario Dawson was cast in the movie, so I'm gonna guess that she is part of a something serious. Yeah, you know she's not a cameo. We do Unlike have Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd mm-hmm. that are so cameos. they're not confirmed according to what I've been reading. Um, That's sad. I don't That's know sad. how Bill Murray could be in it. We already answered this for you. Yeah, he could be a zombie. <laughs> no, but I, I know that. But, like, it's been ten years. Are they really at the, in the exact same spot? Maybe. He could travel. <laughs> he could travel just going in after ten them. years, he finally reached Columbus, Ohio. That's right. So this is like Jaws the Revenge. Exactly. Like, a zombie. <laughs> yes. <Okay. laughs> That's a bit better. Yeah. Come on. All right. Uh, Bo Peep. <clears throat> Got a teaser. Everybody kept saying Bo Peep was back for Toy Story 4. And she is. She got Is that her, a big deal? I guess because people were a little bummed that they just wrote her off in three without explaining anything. And then now she's back and bless those fucking cosplayers out there. They figure that it's not a new outfit. It's her actual undergarments and her cape that she's wearing is her former dress. And it's just really okay. clever. Those 
just cosplaying assholes can figure anything out. It's pretty incredible. But yeah, it was very quick. She does this little pole dance on her uh, shepherd's crook, and that's it, you know? (laughs) That's kind of a weird way of putting it. Oh, that's what it is. um, No, I'm kind of in the boat of of the people who were just kind of curious what happened to her. I mean, yes, we know that it was Andy's sister's toy. But you weren't offended by the writing choices. I wasn't offended by it, of course not. But it was more of just... She's one of the few female characters in Toy Story. There aren't that many, and she just disappears after having a, a kind of a relationship start to to bud, right? And then she's gone. So I just hope that Annie Potts is back playing her. You know, it seemed it'd be pretty crappy to recast. They've they've always tried to get the original voice actors, you know, when they could. So I'd be surprised if that wasn't the case. All right, so last bit of news. We're all very disappointed in this, but, you know, the world is ending, so we don't. Funko Pops are getting their own movie, and it's going to include Star Wars, Marvel, and DC characters, apparently. You're welcome. Just want to throw this that out. This is Derek that wrote this. Derek so, is getting co-writing credit I, I pitched on this, this idea. Back in 2015, uh, when we first... 2016. Like, no, 2015. She like, looked it up. Episode four of our podcast, or something would, would, like would that, would have been in twenty sixteen. I don't think so. Okay, it it was probably at the end, dude. Okay, whatever. <laughs> you want to be petty and go look at it, then we'll break up later tonight. Look, anyway, I had this amazing idea of having a live action Funko thing, and look, now it's happening, and we don't get any money from it. So you know, that's on you guys for not liking and supporting my idea. Well, everybody steals our ideas. It's fine. Whatever. One bit of news that we didn't have on the uh, cheat sheet ahead of time was they gave a release date for the Ghostbusters movie. Yeah. Oh, right. July 10th, 2020, I think it was. I thought it was 7th. 7th? Okay. Yeah, it's sometime in no, July 2020. That doesn't sound right. 7-10. It's sometime in July 2020. I think it's the 5th. I think it's 7-5-2020. Oh um, but, you know, people are kind of freaking out online because they think that it's going to not be enough time and that's going to be rushed. I don't think so. I think if they cast soon, they can start filming soon. Like we said earlier, filming only takes uh, two to three months for certain films. And, you know, you go, you do a lot of edits, you do a screen test in front of the studio, and then you do reshoots, and then you edit again, and then it's out. Like, that's the process can be streamlined. If they start shooting before the end of may i think they're on track for a july 2020 release um it's july 10th i just like i said i double checked for us so you're right um it i mean it is a shorter time than we're used to but we're also not used to these massive blockbusters that have just insane sets and incredible special effect needs and, and things of that nature a ghostbusters film doesn't necessarily have to call for that yeah. You know, the, the scale can be smaller. The The needs of those special effects could be more realistic. We're also not privy <laughs> to what's going on at Sony. So, I mean, you have to remember that the, the movie got announced, right? And then the next day, a teaser was out. And then the next week, they gave a release date. So it seems likely that they probably had the pro- the wheels, the cogs turning, as, you, as so to speak. Um, yeah. So, you know, they may already have casting. We, I we don't know. They, they may already do. have a script. I don't know, but hey, Iron Man didn't need a script, so <laughs> <laughs> well, unless they're casting, you know, the comedic geniuses that they did in the original movie, they probably need a script. If it's a bunch of kids, like they said, it was going to. 
Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, with, I'm with you there. I was just making a joke, yeah, but I get it. Um, I, I think it's doable to do it in that time frame. You know, Zombieland 2 got about the same amount of time, from what I understand. Uh, we haven't seen that yet, obviously, so I, I guess we might find out whether or not that was enough time. Right. <laughs> but uh, Or it could still get delayed before then, we don't know. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, it's always possible. I mean, I movies don't, think... don't get delayed that much, like unless it's an X Men film, obviously. Yeah, right. <laughs> but other movies tend to st- like once we have posters and, and release dates, they tend to stay. Alita got delayed. You know, uh, Alita did get pushed, absolutely. But that was more of, from what I understand, it to be more of a scheduling problem yeah. rather than a movie. The movies they were up against. You know, like why why release with five other big films when you don't have to, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You know? Right. So, anyway. Alright, so I guess the only bit of news left is to let you know what's coming out this week. No big blockbusters, no major releases. Uh, the Extreme Job, Braid, uh, Who Will Write Our History, small movies. So take it in indie flick this weekend if you don't have any other plans. Otherwise, binge some stuff at home. I have one small thing to add. So Ray has been nice enough to compile a list of all of our playlists That's true. on the show. So the different kind of series that we do. Our DCEU, the Fill Our Holes reviews, that type of stuff. And so I am slowly putting those playlists together for everybody on the website. So if you go to heroespodcasts.com right now and go under the, the menu where Screen Heroes is, you will see two playlists right now that you can go check out. Our DCEU and fill our holes and I will add to those as we do more of those because we the two shortest ones well I wanted to make sure I had the format down before I did one of the really long ones so uh, we'll have ones for fan castings we'll have one for reviews there's a few others so I'll be rolling those out but just want to thank Ray for her hard work because she already did all the, the hard leg work I just have to put the articles together so it's true I'm awesome but if you you know if you liked our DCEU or your, you specifically like our retro reviews, those playlists will give you a specific spot to go look and the order that we did them in, in case you care. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay, we're going to take a very short break. We'll be back in a moment. Hey everyone, this is Greg from Red Shirts and Runabouts. We're the resident Star Trek podcast as part of the Heroes Podcast Network group. If you love Star Trek and things science fiction, we're definitely the show for you. Join us every Thursday as we talk about Star Trek Discovery, the new Picard show, and other ongoing content and new creations from the Star Trek universe. If you want to find us, search Red Shirts and Runabouts podcast on Apple and Google Play. And if you want to interact with us as a host, you can find us at Red Shirts Pod on Twitter. Hey everyone, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that quick little break. Got some coffee, went pee, you know, did your your normal thing. You got a lot done during that break. Jeez. I made a pizza. They probably did all of that at the same time. Drinking coffee while peeing and... That's just called efficiency. Yeah. Cut out the middleman. Fair enough. Your digestive system. All right. Let's talk about The Punisher, guys. So, Punisher Season 2 has been out for two and a half weeks now and plenty of time to watch 13 episodes, guys. Why are you slacking? Just if Derek it. and Rachel could do it, then For real, come on. if we could do no it. No excuse. Um, no word yet if it's going to be canceled. That's Which usually we would, have, we would have heard, based on the other shows, we would have heard by now, probably. But, I mean, I still think it's going to be canceled. It's right. just weird that they're pushing it so far. No, I'm with you. I... Fully well expected us to be able to talk about that. The cancellation. Yeah. yeah. I'm a little surprised. Netflix did a little bit more advertising. The writers said that they have uh, a plan for season three if it gets 
which uh, is surprising renew. based on this season, but we'll uh -huh. get into that. Like, well, they want to bring in Wilson Fisk. And just a one episode in season two of Daredevil where Punisher and Fisk were around each other, they had very intense chemistry. And just seeing two hyper-violent people could make for a very brutal yet interesting season. So yeah, but it's doing, something... doing this Punisher with that Fisk and no Daredevil seems difficult to write and make sense. I don't think it's difficult to write and make sense. I just think I would miss Daredevil. Yeah, and I, I think it's worth mentioning that since we were talking about the Netflix shows being canceled and everything, that Daredevil did just win two awards. I think it won mm -hmm. like Net, Best Netflix Series or something like that. Yeah. And it's won, it won a couple other awards. Um, so it seems unlikely that they would keep Punisher and get rid of Daredevil. That's why I'm confused, right? Like if you were going to keep a show... Wouldn't it have been Daredevil, your longest-running, most successful one? I agree. That you already have had basically every character looped in on, so you could bring them in if you wanted to? Yeah. Right? If you had to cancel the Punisher for some reason, Daredevil you could bring them back on Daredevil, yeah. right? He's he's connected and met every single other character. and Exactly. Like, I think we all miss Claire Temple at this point. So. Eh, not really. Really? You don't? I, don't I mean, oh, I, I love Rosario Dawson, so it's nothing about her. It's more of just... I, she wouldn't have been needed. Well, in season three, no. I'm just saying, like, there's no reason why they couldn't write her in there. Yeah, they, they shoehorn Karen Page in everything. Well, that's the, right. They they could bring her back. I just it's confusing. It's weird at this point yeah. that you wouldn't just tell people. Yeah. So on the major aggregate sites, this season didn't do as well as last season, but it's still really high up there on IMDb. It got an eight point six instead of last year's nine point four. Rotten Tomatoes, it actually failed. It was considered uh, certified rotten at 58%, which is more than half. So I don't know how that's certified rotten. You have to be below 60. Got it. And Metacritic is 55. Metacritic is actually the harshest. If you want to go look at their stuff, they scale things down really, really low. So I think that's kind of the highest that the Netflix shows have. But... Overall, you guys want to talk about how you liked or disliked stuff before we get into nitty-gritty details of episodes, just what was your overall impression of this season? No spoilers. Not at this time. We'll do spoilers in just a second. Okay. Um, there were parts of it that I really thought were interesting. Uh, the acting was good. I liked the characters. I thought they... I think at this point it's just gone too far in the amount of gory violence that is depicted so often in this season it just went beyond anything i really want to watch anymore got it just on a personal level and that's that's not, not not a quality statement it's a personal just i don't really want to watch that anymore right uh i don't have any problem with the violence punisher is a violent character that's basically been his entire backstory so i would go into a show expecting that kind of violence yeah um i would say that this show this this series the season was not as good as as the first season, mm -hmm. um, which was disappointing. Um, it was a lot more superficial. Yes. Um, but but John Bernthal chewed the scenery up. I mean, he was every scene he was in for me was just. I mean, it was Punisher. Mm -hmm. um, there was a couple other characters that I didn't find as as appealing, but um, over the overall, I think the acting was good. It was not bad i mean it was not the worst of the netflix series it was probably yeah. in the lower half for me but um 
there were things about it I really liked. I mean, if you're a yeah. Punisher fan or if you just like the MC or the Netflix MCU, the NMCU, I guess, um, then you know you should watch it for sure. Um, I have a question before we dive into things. Well, I, Rachel hasn't said what she thought of it yet. Okay, no, you're that's right. fine. Go you're ahead. Right. You have it. When was this supposed to take place? I uh, forgot to look it the up. The Netflix shows are kind of all. They're, they're, they don't really give you... Are you talking about in relation to the other Netflix shows? Yeah. I mean, they don't really... There was nothing okay. saying. Okay. So I kind of ha- had it in my head that uh, it took place about a year after stuff in season one. Yeah, I mean, Karen... Okay. Paid, well, I don't want to spoil Donnie anything. Donnie needed to completely heal from a bullet to the head. And, and Karen got asked about another character. Yeah. And she didn't... Yeah. She, she, yeah, yeah, okay. Okay. I don't want to get into No, 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 no that's good. Show. That's good. That's good. I, I meant to double check before we started. I, I think it was about a year in between. Okay. All right. So, uh, spoiler warning from here on out. Pause it, come back to us, and let us know exactly what you think if you haven't watched all 13 episodes because all 13 are on the table from this point <laughs> on. So, let's let's start. Episode 1. He's Pete Castiglione. He's Castiglione. In, he's in uh, Which is a the same bar name. in Michigan. He actually had that same name, I believe, at the beginning of season one when he was he the construction worker. And I do think it's important to say at this point also that Derek did not watch season one. Not all of season one. You We're did gonna, watch some of it? I watched the first like three or four episodes. Okay. Well, We're I just reference I think that's things. important so, because... Yeah. So like he was, I, I saw him as a construction worker. I saw which him I thought meet, was great. That I was saw awesome. him meet Micro. Um, I saw, so I saw the first few episodes, and then I had some business trips, and you guys had to watch it without me, and I never went back. Right. Okay. So. Well, I just thought that was important yeah. because you can't really dive into the second season of most shows and be like, "This is awesome," you know? No, but I, I really, honestly feel like they did a pretty damn good job of letting somebody be comfortable with what was okay. going on with the characters. I never felt lost. Okay. Well, that's good. That's good. You know. So I will say the show had that going for it, yeah. which. Um, I, I don't think I've ever done that with a show jumped in on, on a later season, um, at least not on purpose. Yeah. Um, you know, so I appreciate that. I really knew what was happening, but it also felt like season one wrapped up most things in a way that was easy to explain. So yeah, well, yeah, but there are some twists that are in season one that are now ruined for you. Well, by sure. Watching season yeah, two, yeah, you know, yeah. but that's okay. Which is unfortunate. I think it's a little unfortunate, but you know, we do what we have to do for the podcast. I understand yeah. it. So, I only have so much, so much right. to watch. I know. <laughs> do you think after watching this, you'd want to go back and finish, or do you think you're done with Punisher for a while? Well, forever because it's going to get canceled. <laughs> It'll be rebooted at some point. Um, no, That's I true. mean, I, I'm curious about the rest of season one for for two main reasons. One, most people are saying that season one was better than season two, so it makes me want to watch season one. Also, two people that you care about deeply have said that it's possibly the fa- best of the Netflix shows. So fair enough. And two, Those people are us. Yeah, in case you weren't sure. Uh, and two, everybody really has nothing but good things to say about Micro. Yeah, and uh, you know, he's not in this. Season Rachel at all. loved Micro, right. so did I. So yeah. I mean, so I kind of want to see that because it's pretty rare that people have that much positive stuff to say about a side character on these shows. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, with maybe the exception of like Foggy. Right, um, you, know? you know what? There's Too a soon. Lot more... Don't bring it up. There's a lot of hate out there for Foggy. Well, those I... people are wrong. <laughs> I didn't realize Quack. it. Quack. Stop it! Every time I mention Foggy, he could have my cat. Well, you know, he started anyway. in three movies. Anyway, 
I would like to. I, I would like to go back and, and okay. finish season one at some point. That's fair. When we don't have to constantly binge stuff. So yeah. you know, after I'm dead. Right. <laughs> All right. So episode one is pretty much him and Beth getting to know each other at the bar, and our introduction to Rachel slash Amy slash the people who are after her. Right. Right. So Beth was cool. I, I actually I really liked the beginning of this season quite a bit. I kind of wish we had had a little more time with him, like kind of on the road, maybe seeing him in a couple other towns before he meets Beth would have been interesting just to kind of see where he is at this particular point. His nomadic lifestyle. Yeah. See, I, I kind of disagree. I think that I, I love the stuff with Beth. It was very humanizing for a character that for the, for the rest of the season had moments of where he was clearly a superhuman or something <laughs> yes. else. We'll get but, to um, that. <laughs> I, I, I think that when you're watching a Punisher show, if there's not punishing happening, I think if they had two episodes of him just driving around... That wouldn't be just to cities around. and going to bars. Uh, then that but would probably not I'm gonna be. I'm going to meet you both in the middle. I wanted to see more of his interaction with Beth. Now, if he just visited her in the hospital to say, I'm so sorry this happened to you. And didn't he visit her in the hospital? He did not. Pilgrim did. He didn't that was a oh, creepy okay. freaking scene, by the way. He didn't go see her in the no. hospital. He pretended that, you know, they left. They He dropped her off in the ambulance and that was it. And um, so I would have liked to see more of Beth uh, because what they did with her was so cool. I liked the split up, you know, mixed in sex scene versus conversation after. You know, they're getting to know each other. They're having a really intimate moment with each other. It, it was, was very believable. Like yeah. you thought these characters, I mean, I don't, I don't know who the actress that played Beth was, but, you know, John Bernthal um, was great and she was great and you really felt like this was kind of like this awkward mm -hmm. thing that just happened between two people because we i mean i'm not saying we've all had casual sex but we've all been in positions where we're talking to somebody that we don't really know that well yeah. and, and you know maybe spent some time with that person in a, in a way that you don't normally spend with people and it's uh you know it was very real it felt yeah. very real and i think that's one thing that i like about the punisher shows in general the punisher show in general over the other netflix shows it feels more real. You know, the Punisher is not a superhero. Right. He doesn't have an iron fist. He doesn't, you know... I think that's why I like the beginning a lot, because it, it did humanize him. Yeah. yeah. Right? And I'm I'm a character person. I'm a dialogue person. And that, that scene you're talking about, Ray, I feel like was this really well shot, well edited scene... And then those techniques, that sophistication is never seen again on the on the. There season. were some other scenes, but not a lot, certainly. Not during dialogue. It was all action scenes, I think, that yeah. they were shot interestingly. And but. there were some good action sequences. That, that scene makes me really happy because, one, it gets out exposition. It kind of sums up some parts from season one in a natural progression. And it wasn't just like, hey, audience, I'm talking to you right now. This is what happened. And, you know, it wasn't a direct... It wasn't forced exposition. Exactly. Yet, for sure. And then also, you and I discussed this a little bit right after I had watched it. We all know that Frank is a good person who does bad things. And there's part of us that wants him to have some sort of happy ending. So they kind of tease us just a little bit. Like, this is what Frank looks like as a happy, relaxed, calm person. And I liked it. I did, too. I really did. John Bernthal seems like the kind of guy you would be mm -hmm. cool with just sitting down with and chatting with, you yeah. know. And, and I, 
of belief to that. My, my problem with, with, with some of that is, yeah, we want to see him have the happy ending because he's a good guy who's been put in terrible situations. But in this season, pretty much every terrible situation he's in is a decision he's made to put himself in. Absolutely. He rushes into the fire. like so. It's uh, not like bad things just happening to him. No. You know what he's I mean? He's not Spider-Man. The world doesn't hate him. <laughs> well, but like in the first season, though, like what happens to his family you know, is something that's really terrible that he didn't, you know, choose to do that he wasn't actively making happen, right? And now he wants retribution for that. That's season one. That makes sense. I get it. But now it just all felt like we have to come up with reasons for him to fight people. I get that. Yeah. And I know that's the character, right? But it just, it felt a little forced early on. Right. That's all. I'm, Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. I don't know where he's going with that. Okay, okay, so like like the Amy character, right? Rachel, as she is in the beginning of the season, right? He's just so into protecting her. And, I mean, until really close to the end of the season, I really could not have cared less well, about I mean, that character. You might not have been, you know, you couldn't have cared less. But the, the whole char- that character is supposed to be basically his daughter, you know? I know. And like a, he sees his daughter in this character. And... and you know, they didn't really do a great job of that, of making that feel across. I never really liked her in the first few episodes, and I didn't... I mean, she got better, I think, but <laughs> but it wasn't great. She didn't improve. She never got to a point where I empathized with her. It all seemed like you brought this on yourself to a certain degree. Now, I'm not saying all of her friends deserve to die for a small con job. Like, that's excessive. But, you know, you live that life there are some dangers that come with it so she just wasn't a likable character she especially not in the beginning she got better she won me over towards the end when she has to actually start using a weapon and she's really freaking out and when she kills the guy the first person that was i was like okay yeah because then she she then she finally felt like a human being for a minute because everything before that I never knew if I could believe a word out of her mouth. Everything she said was but probably a lie. I think that was intended. I, think that... I know, but the entire crux of the season is that Punisher is protecting her. And like, I I was done with him doing that. I, I was bored with it. It, wasn't, it didn't seem like it was worth his time. In the end, I think this season kind of failed its female characters. I don't know if they quite knew what to do with them because... Their motives were always off back and forth. They would flip-flop on certain things, and they would display certain personality traits but have contrary actions. So I don't think there was many th- female writers to help with I that. I think that you're you're right for the first half of the season. I think that, like, Madani was... I couldn't... I was not doing well with Madani right? in the whole like, first part of the awful. season. She and... got a lot better towards the end. You know, when she started putting pieces together. I'm like, okay, she's like a, a Homeland Security episode, person. And this is very obvious. That was episode 11. Like, why did sure. you she's, get She was getting better. She was getting better up before that. But I, I feel like, you know, it definitely she wasn't up to the season one caliber. Because I loved her in season one. Oh, yeah, she's awesome. You know, even the, the little girl, whatever her name we're going with for her. She, we'll, uh, we'll go with Amy. Okay. Even Amy. though they never explicitly say it. And you just see it in the blurbs. Uh, I mean, Amy was also bad at the beginning. She, yeah. she tells him her real name is Amy. 
Really? Yeah. Yeah. Where? When? I, I mean, it's it in the second like, half of the season. Yeah, she tells it was later. She on. tells right. Frank. It was in the she trailer, tells I think. Yeah. Okay, that's. Cool. Um, yeah. But it like she got better towards the end of the season too, and she I mean did. that's a different kind of female. I mean she's female, obviously, but it's a different <laughs> kind of female character. It's not like an yeah. adult female character that's you know right. going to be somebody that a kid looks up to or something. This is, you know, Madani. I thought the psychologist or psychiatrist or whatever she was was. She should have stayed on Supergirl. That was a. Is that where I knew her from? She's Maggie Sawyer. She was the cop. Okay. That I was like, she looks really familiar, yeah. and I couldn't remember where it was from. My, my big problem with the two of them was, first with Madani. Two of who? Madani and Dumont. Okay. With Madani, she clearly has some PTSD or other psychological issues from what happened. Yeah. And I think that that's totally that's normal. Yeah. But what's not normal is that as a Homeland Security officer... None of her superiors give a shit. Right. She's allowed to just do whatever she wants. So so Raffi does. He tells her to call her mom. He tells her to go through more counseling. Why didn't he put her on medical leave? Exactly. Or, or Exactly. He, it's, it's a government program. You can force her to go through mandatory therapy if you think she's unstable before you give her her gun and badge back. Yeah. Like, that's, that's pretty normal stuff, right? So, like, nobody did that, even though they know that she's going and visiting Billy... Every day? Twice. Twice a day, morning and night. I mean, if anything, like that also borderlines on harassing the guy with amnesia who doesn't even know what happened yet. Like, mm-hmm. like he still does have rights as even though he's the villain, right? And then with Dumont, so okay. So Billy kills a couple of officers, right? There's blood and things like that. She's totally unharmed. She's the only survivor from that. And nobody's checking up on her. She's not a person of interest. There's no suspicion that he may have had help since there's no forced exit anywhere else in in the building. Just felt way too convenient that it took until like episode 11 for Madani to finally be like, wait a minute. Of all people. And like Mahoney, who we've seen in Daredevil. Oh, yeah. Like they Harley Quint her up and they were not at all subtle with it. Episode three, I'm watching the way she's looking at him, and I was like, "This they're bitch. gonna fuck." Yeah, it's uh, Mahoney was great. Like was he, good. I loved him in Daredevil, mm-hmm. and I think in this series, I kind of wish they would have. I don't know. I wish they would have dialed back a storyline somewhere to give him more of a more of a conflict because right the way they did him, he came across as like dickhead cop that just yeah. wants to shut down Punisher, right? And when Punisher's a character we're supposed to be caring about. That just makes him look like a jerk. I wish they would have had more of a conflict because they started to touch on it towards the end after Frank saves him. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was conflicted about bringing him in, but he never was until that point. Speaking of which, this is kind of a tangent and we're not going to get to talk about it later. Uh, Derek and I both paused and, like, really focused. That scene where he's just hand in the air, gun to him, and uh, Punisher it has his back to him and the camera pans out, it looks gorgeous it's It's, like a painted landscape of how beautiful that shot is the blocking is great the lighting's perfect everything is set up so it reminds me of those old spaghetti westerns i'm pretty sure that's what they're going for i loved it it might have been my single favorite shot of the season yeah it was really cool because and it also shows both of those characters who they are at their core Right, Mahoney was one of my favorite parts of the season, and considering how little he was in it, you know, it kind of tells you something. He was awesome. <laughs> yeah. Right, I would love to see more of him because um, he really does seem like the guy who's trying to do the right thing, but he's also trying to follow the rules, and he has to come to terms with 
what you know Matt Murdock had to come to terms with that sometimes that doesn't work yeah right and I liked seeing an actual law enforcement officer have to struggle with that a guy who we know is a good person Mm -hmm. right that there's no question there's no well he's gonna twist at the end and be you know a bad guy like we know he's a good guy and we have we see him struggle a bit that was nice same with Curtis watching him actually put a bullet in somebody and then crying later because of it like oh yeah god curtis was so good there was a couple of moments where i was like okay this acting is not that great but then there was other moments where i was like this is a really great like that actor for some reason for me was a little wishy-washy but the scenes where he nailed it he really nailed it and that was one Mm -hmm. of them for sure that way it might be directing then because there's been different directors each episode my Um, favorite part about curtis was it it looked like he and John Bernthal have been friends for years. Yeah. The two of them... Their chemistry was very good. Yeah, they talked together. But it wasn't season one it. also. I mean, we, yeah. you, they were they were great there and it carried over. Mm-hmm. I am a little sad that we never got like any resolution with his personal life by the end of the season. Yeah, I guess we're just supposed to assume that uh, she her name was Delilah. She just left. You know, or Delia. Delia, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, just left or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, I, I felt like it was a little unfair to just totally ignore his personal side of things. Somebody deserves a win. You can't really give it to Amy because she didn't really earn it. You can't give it to Punisher because that's not who he is. He doesn't ever get a win. And, you know, Madani got her revenge, so she kind of got a small win, but Curtis really deserved, like, a huge win here. And getting Delia back or some semblance of normalcy would have been nice to see for him. Yeah, the only win we get is that basically all the bad guys die. Well, we also get the win of Micro didn't return, which means he's probably living happily exactly. with his family. Okay. Which, I mean, that's, like, that's I fair. wanted to see him come back. I did too. I really want to see him come back, but then also, on the other side of me, is like, for the character, I'm like, well, he deserves to be happy with his family, and I hope he doesn't get wrapped up with Punisher again. I'm really happy that they didn't shoehorn him back in, because it would have been a shoehorn. He didn't belong anywhere in yep. this season whatsoever, and uh, they left him with his family at such a great point that if he does get back, it does mean that something's wrong with right. his family so it, so at this point we're all assuming that he's good and happy and everything's good mm-hmm. so that, that's as nice. wonderful as micro that's, so, that's a win even though it wasn't like directly <laughs> in the season it was kind of just you have to assume that after you've seen season one so that's fair so let's talk about the convoluted nonsense that was the uh nazis the um john pilgrim Russian okay mob the... so so john pilgrim yeah, and the religious people that were scared of their son being gay. So they they came out before the season came out, and it made me very excited. They said that the villain this season is going to be an alt right Christian, uh, you know, Nazi. Nazi they used essentially. the word Nazi. He was, I mean, not really. No, he was like no. he was a Christian, but there now there, there was, was nothing saying he was gonna he was racist or well. You know, so he does have a tattoo of uh he has the remains of the of remains an, of a tattoo of remains of a tattoo. right so the, the german iron cross so an argument could be made that at one point his character was like that sure i will say that that's saying all of that ahead of the show forced people into a mindset that i don't think needed to be there and also i think i think that they were just doing that because they know that it's relevant to the culture we right. live in right now and thought that that would get more people to watch i also think they they tried to spin it a bit more because I think Pilgrim was the goal from the very beginning. I think they added the Nazi part because 
So many alt-right Nazi jerk-offs associate the Punisher with themselves. They they see themselves in him. Yeah, they're they just their, going to cleanse. They get their guns with yeah. like the Punisher school mm -hmm. on it, and you know. Stuff and they like wanted that. to disconnect from that. John Bernthal is completely against that kind of thinking, and the Punisher himself. Listen to the way he talks. He is not, you know, toxic like Nazis are. So. I think they wanted to disconnect, so they shoehorned in the Nazi thing way later. Because if they were going to go, you know, Punisher's fighting neo-Nazis. <laughs> I'd be in for that. Right? Sign like, me I up. I want to watch that the, shit. The thing is, if we never see the scene where Pilgrim takes his shirt off, if they just, if you don't yeah. see the tattoos, right? What else in the season has anything to do with Nazi white supremacist stuff? Nothing. Yeah, that's, Nothing. That scene where a bunch of Nazis beat his ass down and then he kills every single one of them. But, like, even which, then, which scene? in the bar, he goes back to that club, and he gets tattled on, and uh, all of his old Nazi friends beat the crap out of oh, him. Oh, oh, sorry, he, sorry, yes. He ends up killing them. But, like, I mean, other than that, though, like, the, the actual bad guys of the season, right? The, the you know, the whole, the, the parents of uh, the senator, that whole organization, none of them seem to have any racial motivation. No. Or, or anything like They're that. They're homophobic. I mean, well. Yeah. Clearly, they are bad, horrible people. I just want to make sure we're focusing on what they are, no, they are and not, not just throwing negative things on top of them. They're not visibly racist. So, they, I mean, they're still bad, terrible yes. people with with prejudices that are that are wrong. Yeah, I was kind of but, expecting like American History X level yeah, of right? like gangs or something that he was up against, and it was like the leader of you know, a skinhead gang or something like that. Well, like, the, so we, we've kind of skipped ahead a little bit. So, like, the scene earlier on where they're at uh, the police station with the sheriff and everything Okay, in the small I have town, things to say about right? that. I, Please. I, what, what didn't happen that I kept expecting that happened because of what I heard before the season came out was at some point I'm going to start seeing, like, Confederate flags or people in, like, KKK outfits out in this group of guys in the forest and none of that ever happens. They're just bad people with guns. They're right? all mercenaries. Yeah, they're just hired guns. Bounty hunters and stuff. Yeah. I, a side note of that scene. Yeah, let's talk about that. I, I really loved that scene. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I thought it was really good for early on. I mean, you knew that the Punisher was a badass, but as, in terms of like his military prowess, in terms of like tactical, mm -hmm. you didn't really get to see that until... Um, that get, they start getting shot up and everybody's focused on the front door and Punisher says something like, that's a distraction, they're coming in the back door. Um, and then they do come in the back yeah. door and, and people get screwed over, you know, they get shot and surprised and it's a huge deal. Um, and then the Punisher going outside and like, you know, methodically with one people. hand because his other hand's all screwed up, you know, just going through and being very Punisher-y. Like, that reminds me of the scene from the first season where they're out in the woods and yes. he's like hunting the special forces team yeah that i mean it was i don't know if you saw that one but that was a great scene too but yeah yeah i loved that that was that was for me like high level punisher you know in terms of the best stuff no the 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 this police station stuff was some of the better stuff the also the way he was dealing season. with the kid that got shot really good yes battle when he's episode. like do you want to yes. die here son and he's like He's very caring about this guy. Because mm -hmm. well, it's, it's showing, again, like, he doesn't want any good people to die. Right. Right? He doesn't want them in his way either. But he right. doesn't want any of them to die, right? Uh, but you're right. It's, you know, having, basically taking over that situation and by the end of it having the sheriff just let him walk around with a gun. All that yeah. type of stuff. Like, it really... Run him over. Right. Exactly. And it showed the kind of power that he brings. And, I mean, there's a couple, of, like, just cool moments. Like, the first shot he really takes... 
uh, you know, is you know from the roof is to not blow up the Molotov cocktail. Right, right? that was like, awesome. That was the guy's great. It. It's it's a cool cinematic moment. Right. Going through the forest, like it was. It was pretty neat, you know. Uh, I was kind of disappointed when Madani showed up in the helicopter. Yeah, <laughs> um, but that was one of the better early moments. Yeah, I agree. That scene really stood out to me. It might even be part of my favorite part of the whole season. I really mm-hmm. liked that scene. I don't know why. Something about it just really read Punisher mm-hmm. to me, and I really enjoyed it. Well, you, I think Ray, you said it for me. It was kind of like a bottle episode. It was right. It's all in one location. It's a That's one true. set group of people. It's a very specific story. It was story. very character establishing. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you got to see the really good side of Punisher because uh, before that, you got to see the interactions with the girl, but it, it really wasn't that good. And you got to see with Beth, but that was when he was not really being Punisher, you right. know? So this was like military Punisher mode. Right. He's telling this kid what he needs to do, you know, if he wants to live. It was and, also very reminiscent of Apocalypse films. Anytime I've seen. You know, zombie films, they all hold themselves up and prepare for the horde. And yeah. it, it was good. There was great dialogue. Everybody got a chance to speak. You know, mm-hmm. nobody was just a background actor for a while. So I that was one of my more favorite episodes, I guess. Yeah. I and enjoyed it. To point out something, when I brought up the violence thing earlier, like this scene, you know, doesn't. Yeah, doesn't like, go I past that violence. line for me, right? Like, yeah, it's 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 gun stuff. It's showing his tactical military training. It's showing his mind. It's showing his strength. You know, yes, lots of people are dying, and there's blood, and it's intense, and it's it is violent, but it doesn't go to that level that we'll get to later. That yeah. I just felt like was over the top. This scene didn't do. This episode didn't do that. I think that's a good segue. So I want to transfer over here to uh, the scene in the Russian gym. Sure. Because when it starts, I love it. We've all like handled weights before. We know how heavy they can be. We know if you take one of somebody's head, it would knock them out or kill them or something like that. And traumatic brain injury for it, sure. Yeah, it starts very creatively. They make use of the entire environment and it's really well choreographed. It crossed that line of too much where he is hitting the guy the final part in the face over and over again with this free weight and nobody's going down like he's been hurt multiple times at this point and should be on the ground himself like he we've talked about it he's not a superhuman he doesn't have powers he has tactical skills and a can-do attitude and that's that's about it and like <laughs> i know it's very boy scouty but no it's true i mean he never gives up and in this case like he hit him i counted nine times to the face with this the guy's still alive and i have no idea how like two hits to the face would have killed most people like it, it was all it, it, was, just, it was a little too graphic like i got the point i get it and it's all it's in your five. <laughs> it's in your face, you know, they show the injury and things like that. And it, it that was kind of when it all clicked to me that a few characters are not human beings in this season. Frank, Pilgrim, Billy, it's and not just this season. Okay. Yeah, but, last season was like that too. But you know, like I said, like you guys mentioned, like this is what I had to go off of. And the three of them take more hits and injuries and shots and cuts and whatever. That it's those scenes that I used to appreciate on maybe Daredevil or something like that started to lose me because they ceased to be realistic anymore. And unlike your normal superhero movies, 
there because this is what it is it was so gory and 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 bloody that i just like was just kind of not interested so i'm going to go on the opposite end of both of you and say that the punisher is not a superhuman you're absolutely right about that but something about the punisher in the comic books and even in season one that they established is that even if he's dying and he's like taking his last breath, he's going to get the job done because right. that's what he does. It's the can-do attitude. For sure. I mean, that's kind of a chipper way of putting something that's more like he's bleeding out, but he's going to put a knife through this person's eyeball no matter what, even if his body is not yeah. physically able to. I, like, I get that it's unbelievable. He is, might as well be superhuman in terms of uh, what he can, the abuse he can take. But so is Daredevil. You said said you could deal with Daredevil better, but Daredevil in the first season when he's fighting Nobu, he gets completely eviscerated. I said said better. It's pretty messed up. I said better. That fight with Nobu made me cringe more than, maybe not everything in The Punisher, but I mean, more than a lot. Sure, but I'm not saying that Daredevil is not guilty of this from time to time, but Matt Murdock always at least appeared to be hurt. When these things were over, Punisher so, didn't appear to, to be hurt pretty, to you. To yeah, I mean, he couldn't use extent. his right hand for uh, the first, or second, third, fourth, and fifth episode. Yeah, but how much time does this season cover? A few weeks? That doesn't heal Maybe? a broken hand. No, it doesn't. Okay, like at some point he's like, nah, it's fine. Right? Well, I mean, like, the thing about the Punisher, and even in season one, too, you can back me up on this, is that mm-hmm. he gets fucked up all the time and he never heals. Like, he never I, is fully healed. I know, so here, yeah. here's the thing it's not just Frank, though. It's the three main guys, right? It's which Frank, all ex-military, like, and Billy. But the thing, the thing is, though, is that when it's everybody of significance, then well, it like, just feels. The thing is, uh, Amy shoots Pilgrim in the leg with a shotgun. He is pulling out. Yeah, and that was brutal. But was he doesn't have a limp. It was after. awesome. He doesn't have a limp after, like not even a he's limp. Just like really, that was, he, he has a little limp I mean, for like <laughs> right after that, but as soon as he starts fighting Frank again, he's forgotten about that pain and he's into it. So like the thing is like you want to use the well, you know, he just when they're when they're really it's focused, adrenaline. they can just push through everything. It's like I feel like there's got to be. Are you be making a fun of me with that? Video. Like, come on, I, I know that's what I said, he but that's what he is in the voice. comic books. <laughs> like that's the, you're, you're not the only one to say that type of thing. So I'm not directing it at you only. I was the one that literally you're just said that. You're locking eyes with him. Yeah, look. It gets to be too much for me to take seriously. I want there to be a happy like, medium, too. Like, I want five hits to the face instead of nine, and you pan away. So I thought that was important. But, he loses control of his temper multiple times in the season, and that was one of them, you know? Like Another the, one was when he killed the three, or killed the the three girls. The pedophile was a much, much better example of that. He goes to do the pictures, and oh. he punches him in the face multiple times, and he was going to shoot him. And I loved See, I Amy's that, reaction. See, I thought that was a worse example because really? he, Man, in the first season... Man, you don't want to hit pedophiles in the face? Sure, but I, in the first season, he straight up kills a pedophile. He goes in to buy the gun. Well, what was that Daredevil season Amy, two? Does, Amy does stop him. Sure, but like... burn the place down. He literally <laughs> turns around and locks the door behind him, and, sh- and, and it's implied that he kills this other pedophile. So, I mean, like... So, here, my, here's, here's more of my point, then. Towards the end, when it's the final showdown between Pilgrim and Frank, Okay, at we're the trailer. at the trailer, okay? And, like, they're hitting each other. They're with, already both massively wounded. Like, I mean, Pilgrim's punching Frank in the face multiple times with a giant thick chain fist. Frank's smacking him in the face with an air tank. Like, these things shouldn't hurt a person, shouldn't make a person dizzy. They should kill a person, right? right? This isn't, this isn't, 
willpower anymore. And this they're is not biology. at one hundred percent by any means, right? I mean, Pilgrim should have bled out days ago. This isn't, you know, at some point there's just no more blood. Your body still has to produce it, right? Like you just run we out had at some a point. A lot of orange juice, you know. So like, true. It just that's medically not a thing. It just got to be too much. It got to be like they would go through and just do a spray of bullets and 15 people are just dead instantly from a single bullet somewhere. But these guys could take three, four, five shots and then just go Except have a rumble. Billy later. died because of two bullets. At the very, but... three, at the very, very end of the season after the doctor stole his money and ran away so he didn't have, you know, any way to patch any of it up, right? But he, pro- he might have survived if he had gotten medical care and he had been taken to a hospital, you know? He had been shot multiple times over the course of the season. So let's talk about the insanity that is Billy Russo and his beautiful fucking face. I'm just going to lead this off with, <laughs> if you've seen, I know you haven't seen the end of season one, but what happened at the end of season one, that there's was... A, there's was, a ton of flashbacks. Yeah, get, oh, yeah that's true. Yeah. yeah, like, even in the, sh- in the actual show, it was, it was like, I... It was one time that made me really go, holy fucking violence, man. And I don't do that very often. But when he's dragging his face across that mirror, I'm like, anyway. They were like, oh, you're so ugly now, ugly face boy. But he has like a tiny stitch right here and like a little one up here. It's like, come on. Like we're really supposed to buy that this guy goes from male model to like hideous beast because he has a couple of scars here. If anything, women will want him more now because he looks more badass. I'm going to say something that I never thought I'd ever say in my entire life. You want to have sex with Jigsaw more once he's had his No, 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 no. Ben Barnes is a very attractive man and I've thought this for years. But... Punisher Warzone did Jigsaw's face better. <laughs> like, I never thought Punisher Warzone would be good compared to this, but, man, Dominic West looked <laughs> like he was a patchwork doll. And Ben Barnes had, he's got a couple rough scars right well, on, on top <laughs> he of needs it, some you, band-aids. You don't get to see his face for a while. He's got the mask right. on. Right, why so, are you wearing this mask, dude? Like, your face <laughs> is barely hurt. So in my head, like, they're building this up. This better look fucking good. And then I'm like, oh, I mean... <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it hurt, but, you know, yeah. like... And also, like, I, I normally hate amnesia storylines. Like, I think it's kind of lazy writing most yeah. of the time. But I think in this case, both of the villains were kind of a mirror of Frank in a way. And I thought that was kind of interesting. And I think that the amnesia for uh, for Billy was pretty... I mean, it was kind of necessary. If they had... I don't know. They, they played it the right way, I think. I had zero problems with the amnesia. I thought it worked well. I liked the idea of this guy thinking every that they're all best friends and buddies and brothers, and he doesn't know this stuff. Now, it started to lose me a little bit later when like people are telling him what he did, and he just refuses to believe it, but he also knows he doesn't remember what happened. Right. So like the fact that he's not even willing to pause for a moment and think about it was a little frustrating. My problem is, like throughout this whole thing, they never let this patient get access to the internet he could have read his wikipedia or the news like amy reads about the punisher and in five minutes be more informed than what people told him like that's just completely bonkers to me he gets a chest set and a diary but he can't have the internet for five minutes like i mean maybe just, just because of what he was you know uh, being charged with in- 
Oh yeah, once he leaves, yeah, yeah I mean, once he's he at Demont's apartment us? and everything, yeah, that that's a fair. He point. was also very was he weirdly thin this season? Was that because his character yeah, was supposed to be malnourished? I, don't I thought know. so. Like, there's no way that a guy that looks yeah. like this is going to be able to stand up to John Bernthal, even if he's no. injured. But like that John, was, that was part of the problem too. Right? Like the Pilgrim, they never I, I can believe the Pilgrim one on one. He that's like, true. The, well, it Pilgrim was all. Yeah, I actually like that actor looked so familiar to me, and I was trying to figure out who he was. And he was in the Dark Knight or the Dark Knight Rises or something, but I couldn't put my finger on what character he played in that, so I still don't really know. But he was—I thought he was wonderful. We never really discussed him as an actor, but I thought he was great. Well, as the I want to get, get to that. Um, well, we're but getting low on. Yeah, I know. No, but we're it's good. Fine. We're gonna talk. Uh, about but before we move on from like the, the the Billy thing in the beginning of the show, like to, to kind of talk more about how like in this season the three main guys kind of seem to be somewhat superhuman. You also have. This se- the, the end of last season is Billy getting his face completely bashed in, should probably kill a Multiple person. Multiple times, yeah. But Donnie getting shot in the head should probably kill a person. And Curtis getting shot in the face. <laughs> it's like you got three people who really, on any given day, one of them should have been dead. Well, and the Punisher... The yeah, way it well, ended too. Okay. I mean, he yeah, was he was destroyed. Out, yeah. Sure, but so we know he's not going to die in season one, right? But like somebody needed to die. Here's and I thing. know that that would suck. It's, but it honestly, with seeing both seasons, seeing how they play out, it should have been Madonna. Yeah, absolutely. As much as I loved her in the first season, that would have given her a very tragic ending. It also wouldn't have made her character so painful to watch this season. Then. There's no, like, crazy revenge story going on in the background. Russo, which I wanted Jigsaw to be the villain in season three. Three. We both talked about that. Give him a season to stew and kind of figure mm -hmm. his shit out and give us another villain before you bring him back. Do the Wilson Fisk thing. Sure. Anything would have been fine. I just Yeah, they should have saved him for season three. Well, I think they could have spent more time on... The, the pilgrim side of things because right. I found myself most of the season not really understanding why I should care much about it. Yeah, right? he has a sick wife and like and you like know. he was he's reformed in some way, but we're not really entirely sure. Do we know how his history? Do we ever find out like his? History? No, we know he was a bad guy in yeah, that. Yeah, that's day, all we really. And know. And then something changed. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, at the end of the season, I'm making some guesses and I'm putting together you know, maybe the, maybe those people made his wife sick as a way to force them into a situation or knowing or that he uh, he was the, bad that he had know, these skills bad, yeah. right like I'm i don't know i'm sitting here waiting for a connection for something and i'm waiting i'm waiting i'm waiting and episode 7 curtis is like so what does billy have to do with this pilgrim guy and punisher's like absolutely nothing yeah. and i'm like for fuck's sake, if they don't have a connection, like, what the hell? Like, like that's not good. Right. <laughs> Jigsaw should not have been in this season. Madani should have died at the end of last season. And this one should have been alt-right Nazis with more pilgrim background. We should have gotten the whole thing. We should have gotten why his wife is sick. Why he had to change his complete identity from Robert to John. could have made John. him way more sympathetic uh-huh. with the kids, too. They didn't really play up the kids at all. Well, that's the problem. Because literally the very, very end of this season, the very end... I actually really liked quite a bit. I thought it was super interesting the way some of that was tied up at the end. But it was, you know, the last episode yeah. of a 13-episode season. I love where, that kids, you know, like, pull on Frank's heartstrings. Give the, give us more of that throughout the whole thing. Make him sidestep and second-guess his activities because children are involved to some tangential degree. Well, it makes these people human, right? Mm-hmm. It makes Pilgrim human right that he is willing 
to do whatever it takes to protect his kids too. That's something that at least as other human beings we can relate to. We can understand conceptually what that means. What our parents may have wanted would have done for us or something like that. So see that's where when you were talking about how these characters are all superhuman, it that, that's where they they have their individual things that they draw that willpower from and now granted we didn't find out pilgrims until like the very end that's the problem but but now then you learn that he's fighting to keep his kids alive right which is a huge that's a big deal sure right but it's hard when you're when you're watching you know 12 hours of content it's hard to then retroactively go back and go well seven hours ago then that makes a lot more sense sure that's fair i just i mean i assume there had to be something going on but yeah i mean it's that i can understand it to an extent, but I feel like it kind of wrapped it up in a way that kind of explained it. But it, it sort of because then the thing is, like, well, if his wife hadn't died, you know, then is he fighting for her still, or is it still just his employment? Like I feel like his motives should have shifted when she died. And there's a scene where you get the idea that they did, yeah, right. But again, it's not really explained. We're left to kind of guess that that was the whole point of him trashing the room was his now understanding that his kids are trapped, right? But he was still doing all this bad stuff before that. So is he just a mercenary up until that point and now it's personal but he was still doing incredible things before that point right so that that was kind of where things fell apart it was nothing against the actor i actually thought he was fantastic um i thought he was a, a great villain great antagonist um having that like super calm demeanor but obviously clearly uh tactful and yeah, he like never yelled he never you know it was no matter what happened, he was always completely level-headed. That that made him the most creepy, oh, the most yeah. scary character. Because, like... People have emotions. They yell. Like, at one point, Punisher was barking at somebody. Like, no, he that, that's a Punisher thing. Like, yeah, he does, it, it totally is. John Bernthal Punisher it, thing. Like, it's he, a John Bernthal thing. He did that in Walking Dead. Yeah, like, and, but it suits the he character. Bar- it's his Batman voice. <laughs> It suits it suits the character of the Punisher. He just can't contain the rage, and that's how yeah. it comes he, out. He did the "Where is me?" You know, uh, Christian Bale growl. He did like, a couple perfectly. times. It was funny. Uh, but, uh, but I buy it a lot more from the Punisher I than I do too. from Christian no, that, Bale. That's fair. But I thought the Pilgrim was a was a much better villain to watch, a more interesting villain to watch than Billy, because Billy was so unhinged. And the Schultzes. It's really easy for me to hate rich white people at this point, you know. Well, they were just awful. Right, right? that's my point, though. Like, go balls to the wall with these guys. Put all your eggs in this basket that's clearly better fleshed out, more interesting, something new we haven't seen from the Punisher. Did it bother you guys at all? This is not as tangential to what we were just talking about, but um, the scene where he go, where the Punisher and the girl go into where the two rich white people are at the end. Yeah, and he shoots her in the head, and uh, I think when he goes when he says, uh, you're, "This bitch made her made her decision," you know, like that seems super out of character for the Punisher to like call her a bitch, you know, uh, in this scene. I don't know. That really bothered was, me. She was sure, but like and he I hasn't done that. Didn't want to see Amy get stabbed. I really didn't like they kept hinting that that was what her next play was and maybe it would have been cool to see her grab the knife and then Punisher's hands here and then he shoots her or something like that. I wanted to see him shoot a shot through her hand and into her head. I was too distracted when the husband calls the calls frank a murdering bastard yeah he's right? so angry and like but that's all, supposed to show you how separated he is from what's what's actually happening he's never actually murdered yeah. he's only paid for other people to here's murder. the thing that that comes off 
like the dumbest line in the entire show. Cor- Cor- <laughs> I don't know how Corbin Bernson still gets jobs. Like he is not the best actor. Like go back to doing major league films. <laughs> like, right. Like here's the thing. He may not be murdering people, but he is blackmailing a guy with his own children. Yeah. Okay. Right. Like so, I'm supposed to sit there, this guy. And he's like, are you murdering bastard? I'm not well, supposed I to laugh. I literally laughed I think, out loud. I think that's that the reaction they wanted. Like, I don't think that was that was an accident. We that's know that this guy is this guy's an And we're an not idiot. supposed to have any sympathy for these yeah. people. Like oh. eventually you're supposed to have sympathy for Pilgrim, not right. towards the beginning and I don't need to have sympathy for them, but give me then the cocky bad guy trope where, you know, he's I'm not surprised you made it here kind of bullshit. The James Bond thing or something. Don't don't give me a clear... Do you a, want a, a cat clear, on your lap? Sure. But don't give me a clearly <laughs> moronic or with hair? I don't care. Okay. Mr. Like Bigglesworth, Mr. Bigglesworth is fine. Well, Mr. Bigglesworth <laughs> has hair in the beginning and loses it Ooh, later, so... It's interesting. Uh, no, I just... It, the <laughs> line just came off so disconnected from everything that I couldn't buy it for... That whole scene, thing. yeah, had some weird writing for me. I, I love when people... When, when the Punisher makes him kill himself. Forced suicide in movies is like the biggest power play. Yeah. It's big dick energy. And the, and the Punisher, so like, the Punisher like, does that. He <laughs> was, yeah. It, it was just interesting and new. I like when things are new, you know? I, I was loving the gym scene up until the very last point. I, I like the gym scene all the way through it. That's fine. I don't care about the violence. The, the, the gym, gym scene. Oh, the gym scene, sorry. Yeah. Um, but so, what was the conversation then in the junkyard w- between Pilgrim and Frank? You know, yeah, you know, Pilgrim says, "Don't you know, make sure my you know you don't hurt my kids or whatever." And Frank's like, "Oh, you've got kids. I love Martha. Oh, we love kids. <laughs> you know, we, should, we should go kill them. Do we just become best friends?" And then that's the end of the show. Like, <laughs> like that. That was a little weird for me. It did no, sh- it was very but, reminiscent of the BBS scene that everybody makes fun of. That's all it was, though. He said the one word that would have kept right. him from if killing If he hadn't him. said anything about his kids, he would have gotten his head blown off. Right. I would have made a similar request, though. Like, don't go after my family. Now, I like that the two of them team up at the end because it shows who Pilgrim really is, who we didn't understand for 90% of this season, right? He's a guy who had a bad life, really tried to be a better person, and was blackmailed into a situation where his kids could die. Right? I, I can feel bad for somebody like that. I'm not going to forgive them of everything that they've done, but I can feel bad for that person. I completely suspected that it was the Schultz's fault that Rebecca was sick. That's what I kind like, of came up with. I mean, it's too. definitely implied, but yeah. They, they never, never flat really... out said it. But that's also part of the problem, though, right? Is, you I know, wish they had. Don't, don't, don't lay these seeds if we're never going to find out the answer to that, right? I want to know what that was all about. See, Why... so I think... I think leading into this that that I think they changed the ending of the season. Really? Based on the, like sense. the way that things wrapped up made it seem like they were trying to pretty much clean up every loose end. There's like maybe one still out there this the psychologist or whatever whatever she is still oh, alive, yeah. still in love with Billy clearly. But yeah, that that was like the minute. only loose end really at the end of the season. It seemed like they were trying to wrap everything up and it seemed very rushed right it's at the very end. So I'm thinking that they had like gotten word of all these shows getting canceled, or that they were likely to get canceled, and so they rushed in and made some changes at the very last minute. Because mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. There were some decisions made. 
not that they were bad, but they definitely seemed like they were rushed decisions. I think that's fair. I, I didn't notice it at the time, but that makes sense. I I liked how it was wrapped up, though. I liked... So, so did you you hate... Oh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but did you like the way Billy was ended? Yeah. So there was a lot yes. of people that had a problem with well, the Punisher not listening to his monologue, but I, I personally thought that it ended the perfect way. It makes the most sense. Everybody, Madani, Curtis, and Punisher, and Frank said multiple times throughout the season, you should have just finished it. You should have just taken the shot. You shouldn't have let him live. You should have made sure he was put down. And he did. He didn't let him finish. He didn't, you know, have this great ironic monologue. No. No, no, no. He he just finished it. He didn't earn that. In my opinion. I agree. Billy was insufferable this season. The stupid gang he had, the setting Frank up with the three dead women already. Oh, I really need to talk about that scene, actually. (laughs) Do it. Um, So... While we're here. Yeah, while while we're on it. Um, So, okay. So, Bill... Billy killed those women, so Frank didn't actually do it, and he still gets to be the good guy, right? However, Frank did shoot blindly through those windows, so if Billy hadn't done it, Frank would have done it. Yeah. Right? That's so the, point. the but, but it's a technicality. He be, he stays a good guy on a technicality. Yeah. Well, those three women probably wouldn't have they wouldn't have necessarily been up there like hanging out where he could shoot. They probably would have been on the floor or something. Maybe, but. but the whole point is, you know, he's off the hook because Billy set him up and Billy really killed him. When really the actions that he took very well could have resulted in their death. And the fact that it didn't is just a straight up technicality. See, I don't have a problem with that. But I do have a problem with like the next episode after that happens. And he's like, I'm clear. I, I didn't kill him. He's blindly firing through walls at Pilgrim. Yeah. Like, he didn't learn anything about it. In a hotel that clearly has people yeah, in Yeah, and they're running out, but none of them got hit. Like, there was some... This, the showrunner was different this season, and it definitely showed. Um, and I think that some of the... There were some major problems like that that I had. The, I think Frank's character development was not nearly as... It was very muddy. Where especially with the last scene of the of the whole season. Oh yes, because um, I think this what we're talking about right now ties into that last season though, right? Because he busts into this barn where there's clearly two gangs doing something, and he just mows them all down. Nazis, like, and they were like kids. they were like kids. They're yeah, young they're... guys. Like you're telling me, every single one of them deserved to die. In their early twenties, like maybe they're drug dealers. They have turf wars and shit. Like why couldn't they have been Nazis? Like there's no way he knows they that every been... one of those thirty people deserved to die. There's no way he knows that. So that that scene was a hundred percent comic book. Like yeah. we're just jerking you off here. Absolutely. That's what it was. A completely clean suit, him rejecting the CIA job. Yeah. I was talking to Doc Rev earlier about this, who's usually in our chat. Well, hasn't been for a little while, but anyway, <laughs> uh, he 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 said, "Well, would you have been happier if it was a bunch of like old guys?" I was like, "Yes, if it was like a bunch of old like mafia guys, I would have been way better." It's like the his introduction in season two of Daredevil when it's like a meeting of the mafia right, when he murders like the, the entire group. Yeah, I'm like, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But when it's a bunch of kids and you literally just spent the season talking about how this one reminded you of your daughter and like mm-hmm. you loved her. The last scene with the two of them was really good, by the way. At the, at at the, the bus, bus station? station. Mm-hmm. It was. It and was... also the scene he had with Karen in the hospital. I know it seemed like you didn't yeah. necessarily love Karen in this, but it, like, no, I, that no, no. scene was great. I, I love Karen and Frank's chemistry. I love when they talk. I actually think Karen is better suited for this show than she is Daredevil at Agreed. this point. So I I want her in this. Um, I was making a joke because she's been in a few oh, other okay. seasons and they seem to have just put her in for fun. Um, side note, I will also exchange my shoes for 
high up favors with um, law enforcement officers <laughs> and the more that, that was weird. I don't um, even care. You can have my shoes. <laughs> so, so I, I think that's kind of the end. Just kind of shows that he hasn't learned a damn thing, and the existential crisis that he supposedly went through a couple episodes ago was total bullshit. You know, the last scene basically killed that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it basically ruined that. If if they did by some miracle get another season, then I would pretty much guess they're just gonna forget that it they just, did that scene. Or they'll have to do something to explain why it's okay that he killed all those right. people, right? They're gonna have to do the work now. Because we just saw him murder a bunch of young people in a barn who were not near other people, they're not near civilians. Clearly they all had guns, right? These are not the best people in the world. But, you know, I'm not I'm not okay. the whole point was that not everybody deserves to die. Right. Right. They were five seconds away from murdering each other anyway, so you might as well just let them do it. Was, you know? I mean, that's an argument that can be made too, I suppose. out of context, as a Punisher fan, that was a really cool-looking scene. The I way it was shot, shot well. the, yeah. him like sweeping the thing back and pulling the two guns out, like two huge guns that the most people would use with two clean, two so hands. you know he got a new one yeah. and invested in like, it. And as a Punisher it fan, that's clearly like... They were literally just masturbating their fans for it. Them. Just That's should all have it was. been a completely different group instead of It just of didn't make sense with this. Yeah, like it I, could have been better. I would have preferred like uh, a hate crime. We could have seen him mow down people for or yeah that's something that just happened the other day to a star from empire so you know we that's real life violence sure there are gang and turf wars all the time but these like the youngest those were probably 17 year olds oldest maybe like 25 and in between like it was eh. yeah it was weird they still could have been scared straight well, and the thing is, just because those guys had guns doesn't mean they've ever used them, doesn't mean they've ever killed anybody, doesn't mean that they deserve to die. We don't know what they did, right? And, you know, to your point, that is a really cool, well-shot scene. It's technically well. I don't think there's really any technical problems with this season. I don't I don't recall anything that happened where I was like, wow, that looked really bad. Yeah. I, I don't recall anything like that. The action scenes, most of the action scenes were very interesting to watch. The despite work. the Yeah, and in the, in the first season had that, too, where, mm-hmm. like, the realistic injuries yeah uh, i mean they they're uh, they're they don't feel good to look at like they're they make intense, you uncomfortable the bruising, like Con- all over their face at the end consistent yeah. yes right especially for frank who has a lot of little cuts i mean good size cuts right yeah. but he's got a lot of little for him good size for normal people but they're right? visible they're all over his face now every once in a while he'll get like shanked in the leg or something and they don't really have, well you could oh like, punisher is the only one you could say that about yeah. where it's like it's not a big deal well like they just put on a new pair of pants and you don't see the wound anymore but on his face they have to make sure so you know the makeup artists really did their work in it's between not easy and no maintained but they did that they did a great job of that in daredevil season mm-hmm. two with him and they did a great job in that in his first season and now this season also so i definitely think that their makeup work is probably the best in the in the netflix mcu for sure like they yeah. did a great job yeah any of the technical work on the show I thought was very good. Just across the board. I think the showrunner this season was a problem. They, I agree. Yeah. It would have been a much tighter, more interesting season with the just the Pilgrim storyline removing Jigsaw and Dumont and Madani would have saved a lot of issues that popped up. The, it was competing storylines and you couldn't care for both so you just kind of half cared for both instead i mean i would have been okay if they had had like small little bits of billy like like 
small sessions throughout the season where he never okay. leaves the hospital, right? He still never really learns who he is, but it's his Sure, his just set him up for season three. Exactly. Like, that would have been fun. Right. The so one so episode forget, where you know, Wilson Fisk is in season two. You something know, like that, one. right? And you can have like, you know, maybe every third episode or something, there's another like counseling session and you learn a little bit more about where, where he is mentally. Yeah. Right? I think that would have been interesting. But Pilgrim, yeah, I would have loved a more fleshed out part of that story. He could have easily been on the tier with Kilgrave and, uh, Fisk. and Fisk, uh, if they had given him more, that actor was clearly capable. Clearly. Yeah. Uh, you know, if they had given him more to work with, he could have been a very like top tier villain for the MCU. I'm always really impressed when people change their entire voice. Like they don't just slap on an accent, but they change it. I watched an interview with Josh Stewart earlier just to see if that was his real voice. Definitely not. And no, and it was really like cool. super subdued and mm-hmm. no matter what was going on around him. And it's probably a very difficult thing to act. You mm-hmm. know, I, if I'm getting worked up in something, my <laughs> voice changes clearly. And to control that seems You're like it'd be difficult. talking about a podcast, you know, here. <laughs> right, exactly. You're not under incredible physical duress. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I thought he was phenomenal from mm-hmm. an acting perspective. Better than Billy, and Billy was great in the first. That's the, that's the worst part. Is like he didn't. You believed he was with. Frank's friend, and like you believed that all this stuff's going on. And I I was really upset with the whole veteran storyline. We all have friends that are vets. The first season's veteran storyline was so, so good, and it was so respectful and relevant, mm-hmm. and te- and went into the social issues. But this one, it was all very superficial. I didn't want to see these guys who were down on their luck already turn into these asshole proud boys who murdered people and stole stuff. Like Yeah, and they just we, flipped the switch and could instantly kill civilians exactly. and be okay with like, it. We we already have a problem with ignoring our our veterans issues when they come back and you know they don't have housing or livelihoods or medical care yeah so like why why make it worse here and i it just didn't portray them in a way that i thought was interesting or flattering or i I think the problem was billy though because billy at at no point did he seem level-headed enough to even be manipulative he just seemed like a raving nut the entire time so like maybe you could have somebody who was just so charismatic so intelligent which he was in season season one one, yeah and he could manipulate these guys into thinking this is the right thing to do right that's one thing that's not what this was this was a nut who just happened to be able to get his hands on a bunch of weaponry somehow with with i mean i don't not entirely sure how since he wouldn't have any money at this point they didn't really explain how he got all the crazy they got they got high quality equipment you know throughout this season it shows how they got the money maybe they just used some of the money for the the weapons i don't know maybe they had to have weapons to to get the money the first time so i don't know we're in a terrible loop i know so (laughs) anyway anything else guys i think we covered like everything yeah i think we covered most of the stuff i wanted to talk about We'll definitely be talking about it again in the next couple of weeks, just because we... Whether it gets canceled. Exactly. Or... We'll yeah. give you an update. Punisher Gate 2019, oh, yeah. I guess. How many gates do we need? All the gates. All the gates. I, I, I do want to throw out... I, I joked about this in chat, but that computer that Amy uses at the store... Oh, my God. Like if you're gonna, Derek nitpicking. Look, look, look. If you're going to do that scene, and you're going to have her questions be technical questions about a computer... You have to at least make it seem realistic. And spending a grand in 2018, 2019 on a on a 1.8 gigahertz processor. This yeah. is like it's just not like just do your homework a little bit yeah. if that's what you're gonna do. 
Or... Well, it's a good thing she didn't buy it. <laughs> I know. It was well, clearly funny. the person she was talking to was not that well-versed in computers because it kept having to go ask somebody about it. So yeah. uh, I think that it worked in <laughs> the scene, but Derek it was weird. Too. He was like, that would have been written on the label. Yeah. Like, why not just like have her be looking at a computer? I mean, it worked in Winter Soldier. It's true. Right? They just went to a store and used a computer for a few minutes. Like, all she's doing is Googling. So so I did read a review where they said that they thought that um, the little girl was kind of sexualized too much. Did you guys think that at all? So they never... I didn't really... Did you Amy? Yeah. How, but how old was she supposed to be? Like, I was I guessing she like was 15 eight... or 16. Oh, no, no. I figured she was 18, 19. The sheriff made a joke at the police station that even if he averaged out all the ages of her personas, she'd still be 18. Oh, okay. or, or 19. It was one of the Fair two. Enough. Right? So in my head, she's probably in her young 20s. Yeah. Maybe she's 20, 21, maybe. The only time she was sexualized was the pervert scene, and that was very much on purpose. But, like, every other time, she's wearing jeans and a t-shirt. Like, if you're going to sexualize a woman like that just because she has a female body, then, you know, that's 90% of the women out there in America wearing jeans and t-shirts. So I read that review before I watched the season mm-hmm. and I was like waiting for it the whole time. I'm like, it when is happens. this thing? Yeah, and it never happened. So I was like, all right, whatever. I don't know what this person saw. But... And like, yeah, Frank keeps calling her kid and everyone's looking for the kid or the girl or whatever. But I don't think she's supposed to be a minor. I really don't. After yeah. watching this season. She might say that she's 16 early on in the show, and that's what people have gravitated towards, but other than that sentence, none of that seems to be accurate. There's no way to know yeah. what they had. I think it was left ambiguous on the, purpose. The actress is definitely older than 16. Yeah. Otherwise, she wouldn't legally be able to do some of those things on set. Mm-hmm. So. Sure. All right, guys, I think that's going to wrap us up for this evening. Of course, you can join us every Tuesday on Twitch for uh, our live podcast. and you know, What are we doing next week? Isn't it our DCEU? Isn't that what we're doing? Am I wrong? I don't know. That's why I was asking. I'll oh, pull, my God. I'll you write the here. schedule. I know. I don't I'll memorize it I got everything. It. I got it right here. Yes. Next week is our DCEU. It's our Wonder Woman yes. episode. So for those of you who don't know, we started with Man of Steel. We diverged after BVS and did our own Justice League Dark. We've done our own Shazam. We've done a Justice League. And now we're doing a Wonder Woman movie yes. pitch. So you can go out to that playlist that we put together out on the website if you want to watch it in order. I need to listen to them all because <laughs> you guys won't. True. Good point. <laughs> so I'll, I'll have to listen to five hours of content over the next couple of weeks. And we appreciate it, Rachel. Yes, thank you. And, and then we have of too many course, video games to play to do that. Kind of you thing. can download or stream our podcast every Friday morning on all podcast outlets. You can can check our website out at heroespodcast.com for these new playlists. You can get the links for all of our uh, episodes up there as well. You can check out all of our other shows. We currently have... There's four shows. Four shows total. Yeah. yeah. I I was going to say four others, three others. I don't know. We've got many in the works that are coming down the pipeline for 2019. So So check that out later. So many. Many, many. Uh, Ryan, you can find at Buster Props on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Sure. 
do the other way around. Facebook, the Instagram, then Twitter. Yeah. Derek, you can find at the Star Trek Dude on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And I am Siren Ray on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We also, as a collective, have a Patreon. It keeps us with updated equipment and able to bring you more shows, donate, whatever you can to support us. Or more than you can. That's okay, too. <laughs> we won't judge. Yeah. And we probably won't know that you're doing that, but we appreciate it. If you like our stuff, <laughs> throw a dollar here and there. It would really uh, help us along. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, you can. You, uh, if you become a patron, you can join our exclusive patron lounge on Slack, which could desperately use some fun conversation. We do so, shout out. It's always popping. It's, it's like the club. Uh, Entertainment 720 started. But basically, so. you get to talk to all the hosts on the Heroes Podcast Network, and we would love to talk to you guys about that. Absolutely. Don't forget to follow this show on Twitter, though, at Screen Heroes Pod. Mm-hmm. We've been trying to post a little bit more. We've done a couple of polls, things like that. So please go follow us. All right, guys, that's going to wrap us up for tonight. See you next week. Love you. Bye. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.